Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Talking City. I'm Simon Bykowski, joined today by Stuart Brennan and Ian Cheeseman to discuss the derby and the Liverpool game. Looking forward to that. We'll start with the derby, we have to. Um, it was all going so well. Cheesy, what went wrong? <laughs> Where do you start? Um, City were playing so well early on. Um, I, I think, judging by the fans I spoke to, they were split between high expectation and hoping that the dream would come true. There was another lot, though, that were a lot more realistic. Uh, I remember speaking to Mike Joyce, who's the legendary drummer of the Smiths back in the day, and he said before the game, very dark, I'm a City fan, I don't expect anything, what will be will be, we don't win it today, we'll win it another day. Now, whether that thought process was in the head, because Pep had spoken about the fact that you know, it didn't matter where and when it happened, as long as it happened. Whether that had permeated into the heads of the City players, I don't know. But in the first half, you wouldn't have thought that. They played some scintillating stuff. It looked like it was going to be a runaway victory. They scored two goals, probably should have had two or three more. Certainly Raheem Sterling had some very good chances. But then there was a, you know, a sort of psychological collapse, that's all I can describe it as um, all credit to United for stepping up to the plate at half time and you know from what we've heard there was some talk in the dressing room of you don't really want to want what City lift the trophy or metaphorically lift tr- the trophy and they wouldn't have got it that day and and suddenly they came out and, and showed strength but when you analyse the goals and, and you look at the, the runs that led to them they were relatively unchallenged and so there's a bigger question really here I think about the vulnerability of Pep's open style, which is fabulous to watch, but in these big one-off games, and I think Cumney hinted at it. I don't know if it was you that talked to him, Stuart, but you know he, he was quoted as saying that you know maybe they, they made a mistake in, in terms of game management. I'm not quoting him exactly, and and that is evident that uh, City's perfect way of playing, which is unbelievably fabulous to watch, and, and I'm so uh, honoured to be watching it at the moment has this one potential flaw which maybe Pep will learn from and maybe we'll see see something different next season. Yeah, I mean, I look at it the way I've looked at it. Every, every City defeat this season isn't because they've been outplayed or anything along those lines. It's because they've, they've made simple errors or the other teams conjured something special up. Uh, even draws like the Burnley draw, you know, it's because Raheem Sterling missed, missed a really easy chance. You look at it in total... Sterling, who for me was perhaps City's best player in the first half, alongside Fernandinho, but he still missed a couple of chances, maybe three chances, that you'd hope that he would put away, and you have to put away when you're playing at this level. Uh, And it was, it was a a classic game of two halves. City were absolutely brilliant in the first half, United were dire, but even in the second half, United were very good, you know, they, they came out a little bit more adventurous, they pushed Pogba a little bit further forward. Uh, and you've got to hand it to them. I thought uh, you talked about the runs. I thought the first two goals were really, really good quality goals. The third one, you've got to more ask questions about the defence. But the, the first two were good quality goals. Uh, but even in the second half, you know, United were probably the better team in that they took the chances. But even in the second half, City hit the post twice. They had a clear penalty. You know, if that's if that's not a penalty, there's no no such thing as a penalty. 
and the red card, you know, and all these people are on Twitter saying he got the ball, he did this, well, absolute nonsense. That was a, a red card and a penalty. Reckless. Yeah. If you go off, if you go off the deck with your foot up, it doesn't matter whether you win the ball. There's a potential there for breaking a player's leg. If Aguero's studs have been stuck in the ground, that's a potential broken leg. So I don't give a damn about winning the ball and all that. That's just nonsense. It's just it doesn't make any difference. So you know. Given that, and given the you know, and also Aguero uh, forced a world class save out of De Gea. Uh, City still had the chances in the second half, um, and they didn't win the game. But you know, it's it's the way it goes. It's it's, it's one defeat. The way Guardiola looks at it is, all right, we've lost the game, but uh, you know, we've won, won most of them this season. So where's the big problem? Well, he was asked questions in the press conference about whether City's mentality had been affected. Uh, you know, obviously losing at Liverpool three 0 and then so soon after that uh, collapsing, um, if that's not overstating it, against United and other mitigating circumstances. And you're right to highlight those. I thought thought the referee was poor. There was a, a wrestling match that brought down Raheem Sterling in the first half, which might not have in that the end been significant. Yeah, and minutes after he'd. Uh... Handballed it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, uh, it Busy may not athlete. have been a, a turning point, but it was an example of of, of uh, just an, an appalling decision. But that said, it is about having mental strength even in adversity. And and Pep in that press conference did acknowledge that I think. And and I think it is something that during this summer, I mean, there's a game tomorrow, so it's a bit bit uh, short notice to sort of sort it out now, but it's something that needs to be addressed going forward, because Pep will keep getting asked those questions, especially because, and again, this was asked in the press conference, uh, it happened to him uh, when he was at, at Bayern Munich, he, he claims that it, it happens everywhere to all teams, but they'll be highlighted until, until he resolves the issue. Yeah, we're sitting here having listened to Pep's pre-Liverpool press conference where he's praised his team to the hill. He's called them extraordinary, um, says the play is exceptional and certainly anyone watching the first half of that United game would certainly agree with that or most of this season, to be honest. But the defensive questions, you said they need to be resolved. City have spent a lot of money on centre-backs for a number of years now. Um, Do they have the players here to resolve those problems or... Is it going to take a change of personnel to to improve the defence? He's always said there are going to be mistakes. Other teams are going to score goals. This is the nature of what what we do. You know the way I, the way we play. It's going, there are going to be there are going to be these issues, uh, and he, he picks defenders so he can play the way he wants to play. I mean. Perhaps company isn't isn't that, but company's an adaptable player. We've seen that, you know, he's, he's a, more of a classic defender, but he, he's shown he can play a bit as well. Otamendi's done the same, you know, he's like an Argentine hard man, but he's shown this season that he's a footballer as well. Stones was brought in because he's a ball-playing defender. Laporte was brought in because he's a ball-playing defender. Pep is gearing everything towards being an attacking, entertaining football team, and he's done that quite brilliantly. I and mean, we've seen the results of that. The payoff for that is that every now and then you're going to get these kind of things happening. You know, you're going to you're going to get defensive lapses. The other team's going to score goals, but it's a it's a percentage game. If you, if you're scoring eighty goals a season and you're letting in thirty, you're going to win stuff, and uh, that that is the payoff. And you just got to take it when it comes. You know, unfortunately, it's coming to two big games. 
uh, it's, it's not happened in, in, in lesser games. Uh, is that coincidence then? Well, yeah, no, it's not. It's not. It's, you're right, because you're playing against a top team, you've got to find a way. But Guardiola's just, just said now, you know, we're, we're sitting here at the, the City Football Academy uh, and we've just been up in the, the press room and Guardiola said he was delighted with the way his team played. Now, I put that out on Twitter and there's immediately City fans questioning that. But um, you know what he means? He means that they actually did. I mean, the first half, they were brilliant. Second half, they weren't that bad in terms of the attacking. They made defensive errors, but in terms of attacking, they were still good. Not didn't, didn't reach the same heights as they did in the first half. But he, he, in his head, that this is what he wants. He wants his, he's prepared to concede defeat every now and then, as long as his team does what he wants them, to, what he asks them to do, which they did do. He's quite happy to put up with mistakes. I mean, Vincent Company's always said that it's really difficult to be a defender in this team. Uh, he was talking about John Stones having to, to adapt to it and saying he's a young player uh, and saying how hard it is to be a defender because you've got to be everything a defender needs. You know, you've got to be a, a Spanish type centre back who can play and you've got to be an English type centre back who can head balls and put challenges in and, and knock centre forwards about. Um, and also playing a high line, you know, it's not, it's not easy, it's not an easy thing to do. And this is going to happen sometimes. You know, the alternative is to, is to be a bit more pragmatic and become a little bit more like Jose Mourinho. I'm not sure that's what City fans will want. I'm not sure either on that subject whether when you look at what City are trying to achieve uh, and have tried to achieve since the, the owner came in and, and put money in and has tried to grow the club, the word that people don't like, the brand, and we saw Ferran Soriano, you and I, at the Supporters Club dinner last week, um, saying that when he travels all over the world, more and more people are, are noticing City, and the thing that they're noticing is that football. Mm -hmm. So I think Pep's a perfect fit, and I, and I can see why they're doing what they do, because let's be honest about it, and I'm a blue, um, City is still playing catch-up in terms of... Um, you know the world and and gaining supporters from all over the world. Liverpool, United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich have all had 10, 15, 20 years starts. So City are trying to to play catch up, and one of the ways to do that is to play this expansive, attractive football. Otherwise, it's just about ticking boxes and winning trophies, and that's a lot more of a gamble because nobody remembers the team that finished second unless they played. You know, scintillating football all on the way, and when the dust settles on this season, even if City go out against Liverpool and they lost the derby, people will remember the great football that has been played this year, mm -hmm. and that will still attract supporters. Now, to answer your question, Simon, I don't believe that it needs a massive personnel change to to correct this this weakness, and it, and also, Stuart, I don't think it it means that City have got to become, you know, they've got to start thinking like Mourinho, and, and yes, but they've got to be pragmatic, and they've got to identify certain games, these big games, and say, okay, in these big games, those, and there are not many of those, really, in the course of a, of a season, if you look at the big picture, in those, I don't know, seven, eight big games in a season, Maybe we have to be more pragmatic in those games and maybe we have to play slightly differently. Maybe we have to, instead of having Sane stuck out with the whitewash on his boots, which I love, and he spreads the play out, maybe in those games either Sane doesn't play or he tucks in more or whatever. You know, it's just a different way of playing. Now, I think that long term that Pep wants to play with a back three. 
I think if Mendy had been fit this season, I think that's what he would have done. I think that's why Laporte came in. And then you'd have three central defenders and Fernandinho, which to me would be a little bit more solid and a little bit more uh, restrictive on the opposition. And if you then ask Gundogan and or De Bruyne, whoever it is, to just not be quite as gung-ho and just to sit back a little bit more, then, in my opinion, solve that problem. I don't think it's a, it needs, it's, it's a massive problem. So one's saying, don't change anything, it happens, and the other's <laughs> saying, change for the big games. Brings us nicely on to Liverpool. Last week, uh, we won't go too much on about the first leg, but bringing Gundogan in instead of Sterling did change the setup of the team. Um, do you think it, it disrupted the team? Did it work? Did it not work? I think it clearly disrupted the team. Gundogan was wandering around like he didn't know where he was meant to be playing. Now, I find that hard to believe because Guardiola, we know one thing about Guardiola, he's, his attention to detail. He will have told Gundogan precisely what he wanted him to do in any given situation. But it wasn't evident to us watching and it was perfectly evident that the balance wasn't there. There was no balance in that team. I mean, on paper, it looked like a defensive change. It looked like exactly what you were saying, Ian, being yeah. more pragmatic, trying to control the ball more. Sterling gives away the ball more often than Gundogan. So, you know, you can see the logic, but that didn't work. Was it just not working on the night? or? Well, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I still think that what happened to the coach beforehand had, a, had an influence because it was... Un I mean, certainly in the derby, and anybody listening to this now will say, you can't blame it all on that. Certainly in the derby, that was not a factor at all, obviously. But in that game, in that little spell early on, I can't prove this. The players will deny it, the manager will deny it, the club will deny it because they don't want to admit to weakness. But I'm saying and I was right in the thick of all the action and I've seen the onboard video and people have told me that the coach was struck seven, eight hundred times. So we're not talking about a few missiles, we're talking about a Beirut-style bombardment of the, of the coach. And all I can say is that if you're on that coach and you're a 20-year-old footballer who's trying to focus ahead of a game, um, then it will affect you. Now, to what degree it affected City, if it was only 5% less than, than what they might have been, then you know that at this top level it can make a difference. Did that have an effect on... Did, did Gundogan, yeah, I'm, I'm now taking it to the extreme and I'm not suggesting this is the case, but was Gundogan the one who lost focus of where he should have been? I don't know. I don't know what, what happened, but I don't think it should be completely dismissed that. Yeah. Um, but the fact is that they, they also had a mental collapse, that they do seem vulnerable, that if they concede one, that they... Well, first of all, they try to carry on playing the way, the way that Guardiola says, but they also don't know. Surely, as a player, you'd instinctively react in a way to try to protect. You know, when you're under siege, you sort of gather together, and they didn't. They stayed spread out. Now, whether that's just literally following Pep's instructions or whether that's some, some, some other issue, I'm not sure, but that was a fact, and, and they've got to get it right now in the second leg, haven't they? And on Saturday against United, it was... Pleasing to see Gundogan in the De Bruyne role because De Bruyne was rested, show his, his class to score. It was pleasing to see Sterling, having not played at Anfield, show exactly what he can do and the, the panic he can create. But he didn't miss, he didn't score the chances that would have won him the game. So, does Gundogan start on, on Tuesday against Liverpool? Does Sterling start, do you think? No, his he's midfield three is absolutely plain to me. 
He's got Fernandinho, De Bruyne and Silva. They're the ones who've done it all season. When those three play together, City win, by and large. You know, I, 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 I worked the stats out not long ago, you know, and it was something ridiculous like one twenty-four out of 26. I can't remember the exact stats, but it was something like that. One drawn, one lost one, maybe. Yeah. Um, as for Sterling, that is a massive dilemma. I mean, that is a big selection headache for Guardiola because, for me, in the first half, he was City's best player, apart from perhaps Fernandinho, who was quite magnificent. Uh, and that was in a very good City team performance. I thought from 1-11 to 11, they were excellent in the first half against United. But Sterling was outstanding. He was the one who was, who was really causing United a lot of problems, running at them with the ball. Uh, he was scattering the defence, he was creating things. He laid a goal on for Gundogan. But then again, he gets three, well, two brilliant chances and one good chance and misses all three. So Guardiola's thinking, well, which, which, which Sterling do I need on? Well, we know which Sterling he needs, but which Sterling will he get? If he plays him against Liverpool, does he get the one that's going to run at the Liverpool defence, cause him problems and win him the game, win City the game? Or does he get the one who's presented with the chance to win the tie and puts it over the bar? It's, it's a real dilemma. I mean, he's partly solved by the fact that he won't play in a like he was playing a, a false nine, if you like, a more yeah. attacking, a more central role, and that's why he was getting in those positions. He probably won't play that. Uh, he'll, he'll be pushed wide again, and presumably Aguero will come in, uh, and that sort of takes the heat off him in, in that regard. But it's, uh, it, I mean, that for me, Sterling in that mood can win your games or he can lose your games, and he almost did both on Saturday. Yeah, I, I was uh, having a conversation with another journalist after the game about Sterling while we were waiting for, for players you tend to be waiting a while for them to come out and, and he was saying that um, Sterling kind of needs Aguero if Sterling is on the wing and he's coming in and has Aguero in the team his finishing and his focus is far better than yeah. when he's playing central role on his own mm-hmm. so I mean do you, do you agree would you agree with that or would you say his is finishing. I'd agree with everything Stuart said in that he, he does cause havoc by... You're a very wise man. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't believe I've ever said that sentence. I've lived it's to regret that, now. I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he causes a lot of mayhem by his movement and and, and his unpredictability. And, and, and Long may continue to do that because he can unsettle players, but it's so frustrating to, to watch him miss these chances. Um, City certainly have to keep possession. I mean, I was shouting out in the first leg for it to be Bernardo Silva that started instead of Raheem Sterling, and the, the sort of and instead of Gundogan. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and actually, and please don't misunderstand this. I'm a huge Sane fan. I think he's such a talent. Love watching him. He, he can do things that other players can't do. But right here, right now, in this game. Maybe a lot of people will disagree with me on this. I wouldn't start Sane against Liverpool um, because, well, not certainly in the way that he has been playing under Pep, which is sit right out on the flank. I can't help thinking at Liverpool that, that City, it felt like City were one man short. And, and the, the number of times, I mean, I've stood with the City fans, sat with the City fans officially, but stood with the City fans in a section. Um, I did it at Crystal Palace last season and at Bournemouth, where Sane's, and, and in both of those away grounds, uh, the City's left winger, Sane, in one of the halves, is right in front of you. And then it becomes even more apparent than when you're watching the stands and you see him stood there, and it's like, I'm not, he's not even in the game. Um, and I get why Pep does it, 
And against the weaker teams, it makes them think about how they've got to stretch out defensively and it opens up all those gaps. But against a team like Liverpool, a top quality, and United at the weekend, that, that invites them to, to gobble up that space and dominate midfield. Uh, and whilst City played with Sane wide in the first half against United, and it worked then, and, and so that shoots down my argument, you might say, I, I just feel that Sane might be a better weapon coming off the bench if City can get the momentum early on, get the early goal, Liverpool go on the back foot, then you introduce Sane with, with half an hour to go at 1-0 or 2-0 when you're trying to just complete the, the victory. But early on, you, I don't want to see City allowing Liverpool possession. It's a big call. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I, I play Sane every time. I've, in, the, in the league game at Anfield, he scored that great goal. He absolutely did Alexander-Arnold over and yeah. scored a great goal. Uh, Alexander-Arnold did really well against him in the first leg, I thought. You know, he, he didn't give him any, any space. Uh, Liverpool doubled up on him uh, and they, they pretty much cut out that silver Sane link which has been so productive for City this, this season. Yeah. I think they did a good job on cutting that, that particular line. But I'm pretty much sure that Guardiola will have something up his sleeve to use Sane in a, in a constructive way and in a way, because he's the kind of player who, who opens defences up. You know, if you're not going to play him, who opens the defence up? Sterling can do it, but Sane does it with more control than, than Sterling. Silva does it the most, though, doesn't he? he yeah, Silver. he does. But you put him together with Sane, and you have a plan. Perhaps, perhaps they're a little bit predictable against Liverpool. You know, I, I had a Liverpool fan sitting right behind me in the press box, and every time Sane, the ball went out on the left, he was shouting. Watch Silver's run, watch Silver's run, and we know he's going to do it. You know, Silver's going to make that little dart down the inside left position, and Sane's going to lay it into him and then go for the return. And Liverpool were aware, aware of it, as that fan was, you know, the fact that this was going to happen, and they pretty much cut it out. Uh, so Pep needs to think of a way of coming up with something a little bit different so that the Liverpool aren't, aren't expecting it. But for me, Sane starts because he, he, more than anybody in that team, he's a player who. Who takes teams apart? You know, he can beat a man. He can create the space. He put that ball on Aguero's head when De Gea pulled off that magnificent well, save. I'm willing to qualify my opinion based on what you are arguing and say, okay, Sane starts, but don't have him sitting out there on that flank. Mm. Get him involved. Get him tucking in a little bit. He's got the pace. He's got the speed to to make the runs in those left wing positions, linking up with Silva from a position where he starts more tucked in. It's that gap that worries me, the big gap that, that is left. But you can't be worrying about gaps because City are 3-0 down. They need to be worrying about getting at teams. Yeah, but if they get a goal, Liverpool. Yeah, yeah I know that. So you know it? that, but you, you, risks have to be taken. Yeah. It, Which is why I said bring him on with half an hour to go. Then you take the risk, but you don't want to give a goal away in the first half. You, you're saying there, one goal, one goal for Liverpool and it's game over. It feels, if I'm being really honest, at this stage it's already game over. I think you're, you know, anybody that goes into this game thinking that, you know, oh yeah, well, City will win 5 0 again like they did in the league game, um, it can happen, and obviously I'm praying for it to happen, um, but it's not going to be that, you know, unless something unusual happens, or, or you well, know, well, to, which can happen. To stop us ending on a defeatist note. I'm not saying I, that. I'm not ending I, 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 well, I've, done, I've done a bit of research <laughs> on this stat, and, and, and nine times this season, City have scored three goals or more in the second half alone. Including against Liverpool, that that is a stat. It is a stat. It is a stat. I'm not a stat you know fan. I like that one. <laughs> um, but 
you know, how do they go about it? Do they win three? Do they try and win three nil in normal time and take it to extra time? Do they just go and try and score? Just 10? go for it. You just got to go for it. We just sat there and watched Fernandinho, and Fernandinho said the first action of the game is so important, or something along those lines. And he's right in that. You know, if City get the ball first off and they put something together, they go yeah. close. Instantly, the crowd are going to be up. Liverpool are going to be thinking this is going to be a long ninety minutes, and they they maybe shrink back a little bit. City are going to be up for it, thinking we can do this. We've just opened them up. It's so important though those opening early phases. So no, you, you you're not going to you can't sit back and and wait for something to happen. They've got to take the game by the scruff of the neck. They've done it so many times this season. Does whether Salah plays, because obviously at this point, as we're recording this, we don't know. He's apparently going to be looked at in the training session. Yeah, Does he? Play. Yeah, but all right, then let's qualify the question. Is, if he's fully fit, is that significant? Is it all about, because Salah's just won the PFA Player of the Month again for, for this month, and he's almost certainly, it would seem, going to win the Player of the Year. Whether that's right or not, I don't know. But Salah is seen as the big danger man, isn't he? Is he, is he crucial? On well, the break. Well, well, he is. He is on crucial. the break. You know, is, that, is he the? Is, is it all about whether he plays? Since they aren't in a position where they can no. worry about it, really. No. no. But, you know, when you're three 0 down, you, you can't. They might have Messi playing for them. It doesn't matter. You've got to go for it. You've got to go out and try and win the game. And City are capable of doing it. No doubt about it. The crowd were definitely. I spoke to a lot of fans after the game the other day. Were downhearted and were flat and. And, and drained after the Derby Day defeat, it's going to be fascinating to me to see whether they come to the stadium on Tuesday night and are really up for it and, and are going to create a, you know, a, a cauldron of atmosphere. I'll try to do that anyway, and whether that makes any difference or whether they're going to come with a, res, a resigned... I mean, I've, I've hinted at that, uh, being an old-school City fan who's seen it all and done it all, um, that it feels to me as if the tie's beyond them. But if there's enough optimism out there, perhaps from the younger fans, to create an atmosphere, maybe that makes a difference. I, I had a City fan tweet at me after, after the game on Saturday night, saying um, that the sad thing is, he said, for everything that's happened this season, this season will be remembered for losing to United. <laughs> I think it will not, it just won't, you know, it, even if City don't beat Liverpool on Tuesday night, this season for me should be remembered it'll be remembered by myself not speaking as a city man for some magnificent football and, and a great achievement winning the league winning the league cup and doing it in a, in a style that, no, that nobody's ever ever won a Premier League title from my, in my book but to think it goes down I want you know you need to get hold of me and you're one and you do it yourself <laughs> you've got to stop it mate give yourself a slap and then go and give the others a slap because right, I'll give myself a slap <laughs> I'll give you one in a minute <laughs> before we get to that point we better end it there um, hopefully we'll be back reporting on another memorable night don't forget to subscribe or like us or tell us what you think 